Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service in the sharing of God's Word. This is where we study, learn, and abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there is one thing that I know for sure, that is, there is our way and there is God's way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship of coming together with a like mind, with a spirit to align with yours. Your word says that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we pray that you light our paths. Let it be known and clear to us in the way that we should go and how we should live. God, I pray that this word enters into the minds and the hearts and the souls of your people using your messenger to deliver your word to your people so that they may be encouraged and lead fulfilling lives that are pleasing in your sight. This we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today I want to talk about mind control. No, not that type of mind control. I want to talk about our control over our minds. So much has been said about the power of the mind in terms of how it can influence our lives. Even with uh, countless research studies, the mind's function currently remains a a mystery in in some areas. Fully understanding and comprehending its inner workings remains elusive to those who have committed their lives, their study, to to trying to figure it out. Fortunately, we're not going to get into a discussion of the cerebrum, the uh, frontal lobes, the cortex, or neurons. We'll leave that to science. What I do intend to discuss here is the role the mind plays in the trajectory of our lives and why it's crucial to be intentional, not only in our actions and behaviors, but also in our thoughts and our focus. So today's text is taken from the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, where it speaks to our privilege as a faithful Christian, who when uh, when our character is aligned and we are walking with Christ. I'm going to read from the NIV, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6, again from the NIV, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So that brings me to the title topic for today is Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind. Familiar to all of us is the uncomfortable feeling of angst, anxiety, uh, distress, turmoil, and unrest. We, we know from reading and study, we will face these repeatedly in this life. That's the hard truth, whether we like it or not. While there is little that we can do about it, eliminating all adversities and challenges from our lives. We can, however, arm and equip ourselves to engage in battle against life's foes and emerge victoriously. Beyond faith, one of the most potent weapons we possess is, is actually far closer than you might think. We would be well served to use it for more than just a hat rack. In case you haven't already guessed it, I'm talking about the mind. So what do you mean there's no condemnation in that verse? First, let's take a closer look at the profound privilege we as Christians enjoy in the first verse that I just read. In the Amplified Bible, it expands upon it. Uh, there is no condemnation, and it is saying no judging guilty of wrong. So imagine, if you will, you're getting pulled over for a speeding ticket while driving well over 100 miles an hour, getting arrested and taken to, to jail because that's an arrestable offense in some states. They have dash cam footage of you committing the crime, and you know you're guilty. There's, there's no question about it. Then appearing before the judge, and upon your being introduced, when you hear the, the judge's booming voice say, not guilty. No arguing, no plea to be entered, no case presented, no testimony, no witnesses, just an immediate not guilty upon hearing your name and knowing that you are a member of the body of Christ. For all intents and purposes, that's what this verse is saying, that if you are in Christ and, as the Amplified Bible expands, live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit, you are deemed not guilty of your crime or spiritually of your sins. This is not to say that you will not be accused, because you will. Nor does this mean that there will be no indictment, because there will. The hard truth is there is wrong inside of us, all of us, 
our flesh is naturally inclined and susceptible to evil influence. Huh? We're corrupt by our very nature, our flesh, that is. In other words, we will sin. We were born corrupt. We were born that way. And that's, there's nothing that we can do on our own accord to save ourselves. This also does not mean we are utterly free from living the consequences of our decisions, because we will. So then what does it mean? That's answered in verse 3, Romans 8 and 3. I'm going to read from the Amplified. It says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. There was once a, a law of sin and death, which would be our undoing. Game over. However, we have been freed from that law of sin and death by God having mercy on us and sending his son as a sacrifice. So by Jesus appearing in the likeness of flesh, in the likeness of man, he was able to become the condemned flesh, atoning for our sins, for your sins, for my sins, providing us with relief our sealed fate of hell and damnation, his life in exchange for ours. We have the option, another path, to choose to walk, to follow, to gain a life in eternity filled with joy and peace and love. We do, however, need to choose, commit, and act on as in receiving the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us. So what is meant by a mind governed? The war that goes on between the spirit and the flesh. If we look at the definition of the word governed, we know that it is to conduct the policy actions and affairs of an entity, right? In this case, the entity is us. So if we are to govern ourselves by choice in a carnal way, in sensual manners or ways, that is an abomination against Christ's sacrifice and an offense to God. If we know that we are naturally prone to be carnally minded and seeking to satisfy and fulfill the desires of the flesh, also known as inherently evil and wicked, it should be clear to us then that we should refrain from following our lusts and fleshly desires. In Romans, again, chapter 8, verses 7 and 8 from the Amplified, that is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8, so then we choose who we are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God, 
or be acceptable to him. So if we're seeking to live a life that is pleasing in God's sight, walking with Christ, having the mind of Christ, being a member of the body of Christ, we don't do it in the flesh, pure and simple. It is by the Spirit, it's by the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. Make no mistake about it. In this world, there is a perpetual war between good and evil. The war rages ferociously inside of us every moment of every day. Let's not kid ourselves either. We do not possess the power or strength or even the ability to defeat evil on our own accord. I'm going to say that again. Let's not kid ourselves. We do not possess the power, strength, or ability to defeat evil on our own accord. But we can rest assured that through the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the battle has already been fought and won. Once the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside our hearts by our seeking and accepting the invitation and believing in faith, there is no threat of a hostile takeover as long as we allow the Spirit of God to stand watch, be the bouncer as the mind gate of our lives. So yes, I said there's a constant war between evil and good. There won't be a takeover. It's not a threat. The battle's already won, fought and won. So it's not a threat. It may appear that way, and it certainly will to the flesh, but to the spirit, mind knows, I already won. I already won. This is in the bag. This is done. So you can, with that mindset, with that understanding, think your way to peace amidst all this turmoil, if you choose to. As stated in the opening verse, our mind can lead to peace or death. The Amplified Bible version straightforwardly explains that verse. Romans 8 and 6 from the Amplified says, now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death death that comprises all of the miseries arising from sin, but here and hereafter, but the mind, both here and hereafter, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. While we do not control external influences and can do very little about them. We have complete control over our minds. Where is your mind leading you? Path? Cliff. Or maybe I should ask, where are you allowing your mind to lead you? Far more important question. Our, our minds on their own are led by the flesh. However, when we invoke our heart in matters, a heart that we have given back to God, with a heart the Holy Spirit lives in and dwells in, we can enjoy peace in our life. Why is that? 
in Romans, again, chapter 8, verse 5 from the Amplified, for those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. As I've stated in other messages, when the thought process, when we have a thought, that's the first thing that occurs, we develop an emotion around that thought, and that then turns into a behavior, an action, how we act. If we allow ourselves to be led and influenced by the flesh, that emotion is of fleshly origin. It's a spirit not of God. That is to say, unholy or wicked. And we should not allow ourselves or pursue fleshly desires lest we become lost. It may start small. It may seem at first to feel good, and we may even think things are okay. Nothing bad happened. Lightning didn't strike. But every time, every time, before we realize it, we have exchanged our peaceful state with havoc, turmoil, and unrest. We are invited in the enemy. We've, we've opened the door. It's start with, with a crack, all, all doors. They start, and then they, they begin to, to open and allow in whatever may be on the other side. We know we can have peace in the midst of adversity when we walk with Christ. That does not apply when we walk according to our flesh. God does not condemn us, but our hearts should convict us. God will not control our minds, but we should allow our should not allow our flesh to control it either. Allowing ourselves to give in to our fleshly desires leads to death. Committing to to being led by the Holy Spirit that you have invited to live in your heart leads to life and life of peace. Fleshly desires are, are carnal, and they are not from God. We can become entangled and entrapped by, flesh, by a flesh-led mind. While we enjoy freedom from bondage, confusion, sin, and death, by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That, to me, seems like a very easy choice and decision. Wouldn't you agree? Father God, we thank you for this, this time of coming together. We thank you for the gift of peace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for making the Holy Spirit available to us, for us to accept, that can live within us, that can help us defeat the enemy, defeat the carnal thoughts, defeat the flesh, and live a life that is peaceful, that is pleasing in your sight, and yes, even fulfilling. You have laid it out there. You've made 
it very clear that you love us by the sacrifice that you allowed your only son to make on our behalf so that we will no longer be condemned by sin. And we no longer are under the law of sin equals death, period. That we are exonerated from any and all sin, with only one exception, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That all of our sins are separated from us as far as the East is from the West. Only you, God, the creator of all, can do and accomplish and make that commitment. And God, for those who seek to live that life that is holy and that is pleasing, that is righteous, pleasing in your sight, that, that are seeking to begin a relationship with you and cultivate it and develop it, I ask that they pray this prayer with sincerity as the first step as the starting point, as the introduction to begin that relationship. And that prayer goes like this. God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son Jesus gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. All of this we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer with sincerity, if you uttered those words, you have accepted Christ into your life. That is the first step. That is the beginning of establishing a relationship. And we all know that in relationships, you don't reach the pinnacle of the relationship at hello. This was hello, nice to meet you. Wanna go out? Colonelly, want to know you more spiritually. I strongly encourage you to immerse yourself in God's word, to get to know and develop and enhance that relationship so you have that knowledge you have that wisdom you have that discernment so that you can live a life that is pleasing to him no matter what adversities and challenges and events that occur in your life that you can love unconditionally as god has loved you you can forgive as god has forgiven you and appreciate the sacrifice that jesus made for you for me and for all of us. I strongly encourage you. The word is there. It's more accessible and available now than it ever has been. There's no excuse. And you'll be better off and be more thankful as a result of doing that for you. I have one ask and that is please share this message with three people of your choosing, however it comes to you. Why? because I'm trying to get God's word out to his people. There are hurting people out there. There are lost people out there. There are people that are looking to live a life that is fulfilling and pleasing and uplifting and, to, and need to be encouraged. And they're sifting through a whole lot of something or another, a whole lot of flesh. This is about the word. I'm just God's errand boy, delivering his word to his people. I, I would appreciate your sharing this with three people. That's all I ask. Thank you for joining 
us today. We appreciate your love and support. And I hope you can join us again on next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's Word, and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.